Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And, I and where you met, I think you met 39th. No. 39th? 39th. Not 29th. Is it 39th? 29th yeah. seems low. 29th is Sheila. 100% positive. 39th. It's the 39th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. And I'm Cher. <laughs> <laughs> And we are your, I mean, it's better than, like, when some podcasts just, like, are completely wrong. We had, I had the last number right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I, I have no clue really where we are, but I knew we're not at 29. It's gotta be higher. Yeah, this makes it fun. It's what we're all here for. Yeah. We're just doing this for Jess to keep her, keep her on our toes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um... I also, I mean, like, episode 29, like, TBT, like, we would have been recording together. Oh, I know. Like, I miss it so much. Probably in your living room, in Tyson's yeah. Corner. I know. What a, what a time. Hungry for Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Hungry for Cheesecake Factory, or that one time that we baked that, like, Brussels sprout mac and cheese. <gasps> you baked it. I watched. Well, you took a boomerang of me, which was the most domestic and great I've ever looked. Exactly, yeah. Like, get yourself a girl who can do it all, so. (laughs) So it is Labor Day. It is Labor Day. Long weekend. You spent Labor Day weekend in, like, the most, I feel like, Labor Day location of them all, which is Nantucket. Yes. I went to Nantucket with our good friends Matt and Nora. Mm -hmm. Nantucket is everything I dreamed it would be. (laughs) Like, it's. Like, everyone, like, it's, like, Nantucket's, like, not snobby, but, like, everything mm-hmm. is just nice. That's like, cool. Like, all of the shopping is nice, all of the food is nice, like, all of the people are nice, mm-hmm. the views are nice, the beaches are, like, the most, like, they're so, there's hardly anybody there, like, it just feels like it's a private beach just for you that you drove up in your Jeep Wrangler to, <laughs> to just enjoy... Um, yeah, and, like, of course, Matt and Nora are the hostesses of the century. They so, truly are. I mean, yeah, the first time we got there, they they cooked, like, a full dinner for, like, 15 oh. people. I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, guys, stop making me feel like I don't know how to host at all, which I don't. Um, What's lovely about Matt and Nora, though, is that they do that, but, like, if you have them over at their, at your house, they're, like, the perfect guest in that they, like... They're like literally like feed us chicken nuggets. We don't care. Totally. Like, they don't like they're so happy to like use their wedding china for you. But then they're just like very non-judgmental if you have them over at your house. Yeah, no, they're the best. Um but yeah, we went to the beach. We went to this like brewery place. That's um, great. We went to this like fancy dinner. That frozen drink that I saw both you and Nora post about on Instagram looked delicious. Oh, my God. Both me and Nora drank about, like, I think I drank maybe, like, one quarter of it and was like, I'm too drunk. Like, I have to throw it away. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I had a lot of, a lot of rosé-esque drinks that week. But, yeah, highly recommend Nantucket, um. It was a nice break. I already feel like after one week of law school, I deserve that vacation. <laughs> so I need to check out those New England beaches. Well, let me tell you that I went to Cape Cod for my senior week. Um, mm. 
and I thought it was disgusting. But it was a different it's part. like Ocean City? Um, no. Like, not quite like Ocean City. Like, it just felt like... Uh, I don't know. I think part of it was, like, you were staying in a house with, like, nine oh. girls. Blech. And so, like, of course, like, we weren't staying in, like, the nicest of houses. It was, mm-hmm. it was like, some weird guy who owned a house to, like, just be, like, a rental. So it's, like, kind mm-hmm. of trashed all the time. Um, and, like, the, the weather, like, wasn't great because I think it was, like, May, which was, like, a little bit hit or miss. Mm. So I just had, like, kind of, like, not the best experience. It was kind of, like, these beaches suck. Like, I'm from California and this is nothing, whatever. <laughs> but, um, Nantucket was not like that. So. That's great. Yeah. Yep. So that was my Labor Day weekend. What'd you do? Um, for most of it, just kind of lounging, doing some first day of school prep. It's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Which is like crazy. I keep having anxiety dreams about it. And I just feel like... It's going to be fine. I just feel like my plans are kind of constantly in the back of my head. So it's not that like I'm not prepared. Like I'm definitely prepared for the first day of school, I think. Um, But it's just like there's that X factor of like I have the plans and like let's see how they actually go. I mean, I think that undoubtedly things are not going to go exactly, exactly to plan, but I think also you can handle it. Yeah. You're adaptable. Exactly. You're creative. You're likable. I, got I just think that these these teenage monsters are going <laughs> to want you, you to love them, and they're so. going to want to copy your style. I hope so. And I've yeah, been thinking no, a lot wait. and reading like man repeller articles because I like I get in these moods every now and again where I like really want to think about my style in terms of like getting dressed like more thoughtfully than I feel like I do God, I in the sense worse. of like f- like my style as opposed to just like I'm putting clothes on and that's how I want to be for a little while with school it's like getting dressed like with style in mind as opposed to like just like I'm gonna wear this. See, I think that you can, like, more than anyone I know, like, dress with a story <laughs> in mind. I don't know. Like, I feel like, for me, I get, like, very much into a clothing rut. Like, right now, it's, like, I wear, like, a black tank top and jeans most days, mm-hmm. which is fine. And, frankly, like, for law school, I mean, I don't think that, like, being my edgiest self would be, like, the best move at this oh. point in time. Like, yeah. it's pretty, like, like, I feel like I have to dress like I would dress at work on a casual Friday at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's, like, pretty much what I do. But I have to go to a um, formal, like, networking event on Thursday. And I'm like, mm. oh, I don't know what I'm going to wear to that because... You should wear your cool red... Um... My suit. red suit is at home. I left it at my parents' no. house. Yeah. No, I don't have it. I have a black suit that I could wear, which seems like, you know, pretty basic. But I don't know. I guess the question is always, like, do I go for the suit or do I, like, pantsuit or do I go for the skirt suit or do I go for a dress? And I think, honestly, like, one of the suit options is probably the safest. I don't love a skirt suit. I'll be honest. I like a pantsuit. I think those can be fun. But I also, like, very much resent the idea that, like, you have to look, like, semi-masculine in order to look professional. I like 
I like I think sometimes like I really like blazers like I like that look like mixing masculine and feminine I think is very fun and cool but yeah there's something about the skirt suit that I just don't don't jive with I have I think like skirts and like a blazer are good but like the whole suit thing like matching yeah yeah yeah, I actually don't think I have any, like, specifically matching skirt suits here. I do mm-hmm. own some, but not here. Um, and, like, I own some mostly, like, that were hand-me-downs for my grandmother. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. purchase them. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to have to try to figure that out, I guess, for Friday. Oh, I'm also, I misinvolved over here. I mm-hmm. entered the negotiations competition for my law school. Mm-hmm. Which cool. along with the half of my class. So that's on Wednesday, my first round. Cool. So I think I also have to dress up for that. I feel like there's a lot of like professional dress moments at law school. There are, but I like I sort of feel like maybe I just don't own that many professional clothes because I didn't really wear like strict professional dress in a publishing mm-hmm. house. Yeah. It was, like, more, like, business casual. Yeah. I mean, like, I could definitely wear getaway with, like, black jeans and a blazer most days. Yeah. Yeah, which I feel like that's where most workplaces are, um, whereas I feel like lawyers are a lot more conservative in terms of their fashion choices. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll probably wear something, like, pretty boring. But, like, <laughs> at this point, I think that's probably how I should how I should play it. Yeah. Play it safe. Play it safe. I mean, honestly, too, like, I mean, in the prosecutor's office, like, of all the prosecutors I saw, like, they all played it real safe. Like, if I was a public defender, it seems like I could wear literally whatever the fuck I wanted. But as, <laughs> as a prosecutor, it seems like I need to, I need to rein it in. Like, maybe yeah. I could wear a fun shoe mm. or something, but, like, definitely, like, I should not be, like, wearing a patterned suit or something. Mm. And by pattern, I, I mean, that I would th- like, not like a... Like, I couldn't wear, like, a flamingo suit or something. I don't know that I would thrive in that environment. You probably wouldn't. No. I don't I don't mind it. I mean, like, I, I don't mind a French twist and, mm-hmm. like, a wide-legged pant, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It also takes a little bit of the pressure out of, like, dressing cute. Yeah, that's true. Because there's just a limited option. Yeah. Um... I, like, have pretty much had no life besides going to Nantucket, though. Like, I literally, I had no idea that I'd be studying, like, honestly, like, probably 14 to 15 hours a day. Yeah. Which, like, I was like, wait, I thought this would be less than (laughs) work. Because I feel like grad school was less than work. Oh, it was 100% less. And I did all the reading. I mean, it wasn't like I was slacking off, but I just think, like... I mean, if I had, like, a 20-page paper to write, maybe I would spend 10 hours a day on it. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, I'm not a big fan of contracts. Contract law is not my jam. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting, too, like, how much reading each professor assigns. Like, our torts professor, like, assigns about 10 pages of reading, which, like, takes a solid like probably two hours but like that seems like kind of reasonable whereas like contracts assigns 40 pages a night which takes probably six hours 
Yeah. So, like, I I guess I'm just going to get used to having literally no life or friends or, you know, fun. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, like, what I've generally heard about law school is, like, it's it's a it's a real life suck (laughs) well some people were talking like we would hear people talking be like oh yeah like I would never like be working past 8 p.m and I'm like are you effing kidding me like I never am done by 10 yeah so I don't know what those people are doing maybe they maybe they take Adderall or something like maybe maybe performance enhancing drugs (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe, you know, it's, like, the beginning, and so I feel like in the beginning when you're doing stuff, everything takes a lot longer, and then you, like, develop a rhythm, you develop, like, what you need and what, like, yeah, I don't know, because it's a totally new field, kind of, like, especially, like, new field of reading, so it's, like, you kind of figure out what you need, what you don't need, what, like, what works and what doesn't, and yeah a system like I mean right now like I'm kind of going through that in a similar way where it's like everything that I do takes so much longer than it really needs to because it's like I do everything really slowly and have to do things over again and like so it's like once I feel like I develop a rhythm things will start moving a lot faster yeah well do you want to talk about the book sure was darkness in this last half of Valley of the Dolls. Valley of Everyone the keeps saying, like, took a this turn. Is, what a fun book. Like, it's such a fun read. I was like, I don't know that I felt like this was fun. No, it's... <laughs> I was, like, it was kind of a hard bummer. <laughs> yeah, it, like, I felt like... This book, to me, feels like it's, like, on the outside, it's, like, a pink hard candy. And then when you yeah. bite into it, it's tar. On the yeah, inside, it's a sour like, apple. It's, no, like it's like it's black and it's dark and it's like <laughs> disgusting and it's not what you expected. No, not like it was not like a bucket of laughs. I'll tell you that. No, well, and I just think there's. I I think like you sort of felt like. I guess it sort of reminds me a little bit of Great Gatsby, where it's, except it's darker. Maybe. Where, like, where it's, like, on the one hand, it's, like, it's decadent, it's fun, and it's parties, and it's, you know, rich people. But then on the Mm -hmm. other hand, it's, like, no one is happy, and everybody is fucked up, and, like, there are these, like, weird relationships that are not at all healthy or happy or anything that you would actually want. Right. Yeah. Where, like, and I feel like the first half is very idealistic, where it's, like, it's, like, the the folly of being in your 20s, which I feel like is so forgivable and, like, charming in a way yeah. of, like, yeah, it's, like, hard when you're 22 and, you know, you're trying to make it work, but, like, there's also, like, a lot of, like, shooting to the top, like, with Neely, like, Neely went from, like, my favorite to my least favorite. She's a bitch in this section. Like, get out of here, Neely. Like, who do you think you are? Helen Larson? Like, get out. Well, and, like, honestly, like, Helen Lawson, like, I feel worse for Helen Lawson than I do for Neely. Yeah, because she's alone. She's alone and she, like, is bald. Yeah. Like, that scene where Neely steals Helen Lawson's wig in the bathroom. That's mean. And flushes it down the toilet is pure mean. And it, it like, so honestly mean. made me think, too. I'm like, did Helen Lawson have cancer? Like, what if Helen yeah, Lawson had like, cancer? What was going on? 
I think she said, like, something ruined her hair, and so it was, like, really thin or something, but I'm like, do we know that to be true? Like, I just feel yeah. like if somebody's bald... Does she have alopecia? I mean, like, she might. On? Like, I just think, like, the first move isn't to be like, haha, you're bald, like, and then flush her wig down the toilet. It's like, whoa. Especially when you're in your 30s. It's like, maybe you would do that as a six-year-old, but, like, that's not acceptable. No, it's mean. It is mean. Yeah. Jennifer, like, with her, like, the bell jar vibes. Wait, Jennifer or Neely? Jennifer. Oh, well, I guess Neely had more of the bell jar vibes. I messed that up. But still, I mean, like, Jennifer, it's like, obviously I'm not going to criticize someone for committing suicide because that's horrible. But also, it's like, and we should probably more be criticizing the world in which she lived where she was driven to the point where she felt like the only reason she had any value is because of her boobs. Yeah. But it's like, dude, please don't end your life because you might have to get a mastectomy. I mean, do, is breast recon- reconstruction surgery, like, was that not a thing in the 40s, 50s? I mean, I think that it probably was not at all to the level that it is now. Certainly well, because, because the thing, too, is, like, I mean, they could probably get it to look, like, normal under clothes, but out, like, you know, out in the open, like, like usually, like, they have to remove your nipple, and so they have to, like, put the nipple back on, and so, like, that's pretty delicate, mm-hmm. and then, I don't know, like, I was watching this whole, like, New York Times documentary about this tattoo artist who, like, exclusively tattoos nipples on to, like, make them look real for, like, women after mastectomies. So, like, I'm sure they didn't have that technology. No. So, I mean, <laughs> in fairness to Jennifer, like, I think it's, like, especially when that's what she's, her career has, like, legitimately been based off of is her body. And yeah. she's going to potentially lose that. And the the person who supposedly loves her, like, essentially reveals that the only reason he does love her is because of her body. Yeah. Um... Although, which is a pretty heartbreaking moment, but I, I feel don't like know that she, she never gives him the opportunity to say, "That's not why I really love you," because she doesn't tell him. And I think like the way that right. he reacts after she dies shows that like that likely wasn't true. Right. So I mean, I don't know. Like, like I finished, so at the end of the day, your least favorite was Neely. My favorite was Jennifer of the three. Yeah, I mean, I guess just because it's like, who am I going to pick? Anne? No. No. (laughs) Well, I also, like, the thing about Jennifer is that Jennifer was never mean. Yeah, that's true. Like, Jennifer. She was just, like, extraordinarily misguided. But, like, was Anne ever mean? Anne was never mean, but Anne was definitely misguided. Like, I think that Anne putting Neely in the sanitarium is, like, pretty fucked up. Well, but, like, she was going to let her do the sleep therapy, and then they were like, no, that's not what she needs. So, like, that to me, I thought, like, they'd been telling Neely, like, she needed significant help for a long time. I mean, I think she should have told her, hey, this is what's going to happen, but I think that she th- she at least thought she was acting in the interest of her friend. I think that's probably true, but I just also just sort of think that, like, Anne is very easily swayed and convinced by people. And mm-hmm. I think that 
Like, I, but I think if, Neely did legitimately need that help. I think she probably did, too. But I also just don't. I mean, I, I like, the mental institutions of the 40s are, like, not exactly a model of, like, great. No, that's true. But, like, the other thing, too, is, like, like, if I were Neely, I would be pissed at Anne. So, like, the, the, like, whole, like, way that their friendship sort of ends does make sense to me based on, like, that experience. Whereas I think Anne doesn't think she's done anything wrong or, like, why would Neely ever betray her like this? But to Neely, yeah. Neely's like, fuck you, like, you, like, sent me away for two years and paid for it. Um, and, like, yeah. wouldn't let me out. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, but, like, Jennifer... I don't know. Jennifer's never, like, she's, I don't know. Like, I feel like Jennifer's just, like, always, like, trying to figure it out, kind of. Yeah. Um, like, striving towards something, whereas I think Anne is always, like, striving towards the thing that got away, and, like, I don't know. Like, the whole, like, Lion-Burke relationship is so unsatisfying to me and I just wish that Anne could like get over it and find somebody else well and especially because it's so long like he's gone for so he's gone for like 10 years and she's still like I understand kind of like wanting to feel like to see what it would feel like to be back together or like especially because you've been like fantasizing and it like ended in such a way that you didn't get closure but it's also like how are you so sure that you are so in love with him at this point? Like, it's just, like, bleh. Well, it's such a bummer. And I think I was, like, trying to cling to, like, any semblance of, like, romance or, like, good. And so I was, like, oh, Leon's back. Like, this seems great. Like, um, and, like, he's definitely seems better than this other boar that she's oh, been dating. Yeah. Kevin. Who's, like... Because I think what's hard about Anne, too, is she consistently gets involved in these relationships with men that she, like, genuinely doesn't give a shit about. And she's just like, yeah, they're, like, good guys, and I guess, like, they're okay to spend some time with. But I think that's, like, kind of despicable to spend your, like, to have these, like, prolonged relationships with people who you know really love and care about you but then you're just kind of like whatever well I just like I I think she uses people like I don't I don't think that she would acknowledge it that way but I mean like ultimately like Alan got her like a lot of attention and like sort of got her to the level that she was able to like move up kind of in the stratosphere Mm -hmm. in terms of social class and then Kevin like got like he basically like gave her an opportunity to have this huge career and like so she Mm -hmm. just like sort of stays with them not because she likes them or because she's like particularly interested but just basically she's like well like there's nobody else in the wings that I like better so like might as well hang around and like she sort of is like oh like I wish I liked them but like that's not that's not really fair to them to like stick around when I mean, maybe they deserve. I mean, honestly, the other thing about the guys though is they all suck. So it's sort of like, you know, yeah. you, I, I don't feel all that much sympathy for Kevin or Alan, but no, Kevin's gross. Alan's also gross. Yeah, I mean, both of them. I mean, like, I feel like this book basically says, like, look, everyone sucks. 
there's no way like and it just shows you these like shiny 20 year old girls who like moved to New York with nothing but dreams and it just shows how like they just get the shit kicked out of them and die well it also like was not surprising to me at all that Jennifer was going to be the one who dies I mean that that was like I mean that's just you know literature 101 yeah the body dead well (laughs) and just also like the woman who acts promiscuously without consequence or care or or shame shame will ultimately die Mm -hmm. I mean well and I think this also is meant to be a rebuke of like how particularly I mean still but particularly then like when women are only valued for their looks and like what that does to a person well they only have value till they turn like 30 pretty much I mean like they just have such a short lifespan whereas somebody like Leon can show up you know 10 years later and still be as hot as can be Mm -hmm. be a hooky up with like 25 year olds or 19 year olds yeah gross I know. Well, and then, like, I just think it's, like, truly, like, despicable, too, that he would be like, Anne, like, I love you. Like, you're the best. And then just, like, immediately start cheating on her. Well. With Neely. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing was a pretty big shock to me. That made me, like, sick to my stomach. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, but there's there's a point in between that, which is when he finds out that Anne basically purchased... The company for him. And, like, he, like, he basically can't stand for that because she's made him feel like less of a man, so he's gonna get her back. Which, like, get over yourself. I mean, I know that this is a period piece, and, like... It's probably accurate. Oh, my God. I know. I mean, the thing, the thing about Anne that I like is that she, like, shows a picture of a woman who basically, like, works really hard. Like, she's not, yeah. like, and Anne, like, Anne's, like, incredibly beautiful, and, like, that's, like, maybe special about her, but, like, honestly, like, she, like the thing that is most special about her is that she just is hardworking. And so... Mm-hmm. And she's not frivolous, like, she's, like, she puts the money away and saves yeah, it up. she and... invests her money super well, and so she ends up with, like, millions of dollars. And it's not because, mm-hmm. you know, she's making, like, millions of dollars every ad. It's because she's, like, has it, has Henry to help her invest it. And, like, by the end of the day, she's like, yeah, I'm doing great. And, well, at first she has no interest in the little dolls. and But then at the end you see, like, she's going to fall into the same trap in the same valley. I know. And start taking the sleeping pills, too. Or, like, she's already started. I mean, I do think... That Anne has the best shot of the three in terms of, Mm -hmm. like, like, I think, like, Henry's been taking the dolls for the past 20 years. And, like, he's fine. So, like, maybe he'll be fine, Henry. Henry, The one, the one good man in New York. I love him. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, Anne at least has a daughter. I mean, Neely literally could not give any less of a shit about her kids. Which is, like, the I most know, upsetting, like, weird thing. When Anne has to take their baby to the hospital, and Neely's like, who cares? Like, babies get fevers. Like, I'm not telling Leon about that. 
Yeah, well, but also, like, Neely, like, doesn't fight for custody of her children. Like, she basically just gives them to her husband. She's like, yeah, well, he'll do a fine job. Like, whatever. Or her ex-husband. Well, it's just, it's remarkable to see or to trace, like, the change in Neely. Because she starts off as, like, so... Plucky. Kind and collaborative and plucky. And she, like, is really, like, she cares about the art and the work and cares about the guy that she's with and, like, you know, all that stuff. And then it's, like, you just see how the, like, fame machine that she's put into... 100% 100% corrupts her. Yeah. Well, and it's like you can't tell a 19-year-old, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, you're the best, you're a star, you're a complete star, like, without them starting to be like, yeah, I am a star, and I need to, like, therefore get, like, a lot out of this. <laughs> well, but I think the other thing for Neely is that, like, she has literally no support or, like, consistent anything either. So, like, she ends up going off the rails, like, all the damn time. And she just is in this cycle of, like, going off the rails and getting back on the rails and, like, getting fat and losing weight and, like... Well, because the only people that she has around her are the people that make money off of her career. So as long as she's making them money... They don't care. Which I feel like that's something that still goes... Like, I remember listening to... I listened to the Awards Shatter podcast, and Mary J. Blige was a guest. And she was talking about when she was dealing with alcoholism. She, like... And it was kind of during the height of her singing career, and it was really, like, everyone that was close around her, she was paying. And so none... And, like, she was doing really well, and so nobody was, like, saying, Mary, like, you need to stop drinking so much because this is not good for you. It was basically like, hey, she's winning Grammys, she's, you know, selling out tours, like, don't rock the boat. And she was like, I needed someone to tell me that I had a problem, and I didn't have anyone who was willing to do that. Yeah, you know, Neely kind of actually a little bit reminds me of Lindsay Lohan. Like, her trajectory. Yes! yes. Because, Poor I know, God bless her. Although she's now opened that hotel in Greece or whatever. Yeah, and Mika yeah. knows, so it's like, all right. Um, but, like, from literally childhood, she's been told, like, you're this great talent, and she is. But then, mm-hmm. you know, she, like, lives fast and gets into drugs, gets into alcohol. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, Lindsay, you look 45 years old, and you're, you know, 20. What happened, yeah. girl? Yeah, and it's just, like... Nobody being there to make sure that, you know, like, you're okay. Because I think also at that time they were just churning out movies with her in it. And I'm sure, and it was like, there was no one there to, like, help her process that new fame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Neely's kind of a sad, she's, like, a little bit of a sad character because, like, she is lovable in the beginning. And then she just is so awful. Yeah. And it's, like, it's hard to really have a ton of empathy for really any of those characters. And it, well, it's, like, you have Jennifer. empathy, but and you do, but then at the same time, it's, like, the whole, t- you just want to be, like, you want to, like, shake them and be, like, this is not your value. Like, this is, this is not. Like, with Jennifer, like, I sort of felt, like her life was a little bit like her trajectory was a little bit more explainable just like generally based on like her backstory Mm -hmm. like 
she basically, like, went from, like, a pretty abusive family to, like, a pretty abusive relationship to another pretty abusive relationship. And so, like, her self-value, mm-hmm. like, I mean, she doesn't really have any. And it's not really surprising. And so, yeah. like, Jennifer, like, does what she's told and she, like, gets pretty far because she's just, like, the hottest thing around. But, um, <laughs> like, she's never had anybody stable. Like, she's never had a stable, healthy relationship in her life ever. No. And then Neely, though, like, Neely seemed to have this, like, you know, I have, like, I have a can-do attitude, and, like, I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. pull myself up on my bootstraps, and I'm gonna do great, and I, you know, I'm not a real beauty, but that's okay, because I've got talent, and I'm gonna try hard. Yeah, and I don't care about being a star, I just want to perform. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know, the machine gets her. Yeah. It's hard. Well, and I also think, like, Anne could have easily been a better friend to both Jennifer and Neely, but she's so judgmental that she, like, wasn't... And, like, they're so different from her and how she would do things that, like, I feel like she wasn't fully able to, like, be a really good friend to them because it was always kind of tinged with that, like, these sluts. Like, Well, and I think... And actually, I would say this is maybe one of Anne's better qualities and, like, why I tend to, like, have a little bit of respect for Anne is Anne mm-hmm. is, like, a little bit selfish. And, like, she does sort of say, like, listen, like, I'm not, you know, going to take care of Neely tonight for the 900th time because, like, I have stuff to do for my own job and, like, I'm not just, mm-hmm. like, throwing away everything for myself just because Neely can't get it together. And, like, to be yeah. honest, like, I mean... I respect that. Well, especially, I mean, in your late 30s, I feel like that's even, that's, it's even more respectable to take that position where it's like, if you really can't get it together in your late 30s, or like you've made the same mistake a hundred times and I've been there for you 98 of those times, it's like, there are some times where maybe you need to fall on your face because that's how you'll learn, like, you need help and this can't well, go on. Well, and I think Anne, when push came to shove, I mean, if she could plan it into her schedule, she would be there. You know, she visited Neely every friggin' week yeah. in rehab for two yeah. years. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, like, literally planned vacations around being able to see her. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think Anne was a good friend to them, but I also think Anne oh, yeah, absolutely. couldn't have... Like, she couldn't understand them because she was so controlled mm-hmm. and, like, both of the other girls were so out of control. Yeah. And so even though, like, that life of, like, hyper-control was not what she wanted, like, she couldn't ultimately break out of the, like, the box, I guess, that she was kind of placed in. Who? Anne? Anne. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think actually, like, Anne sort of wanted a little bit what Jennifer and Neely had, which was just, like, passion and, like, drama and excitement. And, like, she just, like, kind of didn't really ever have that except for with Leon. And then, like... Yeah. Well, I don't think she opened herself up to the possibility that she could have that then with anyone else. Because I think it was, like, it happened first with Leon, and then she was like, well, obviously it's never going to happen again. Like, that kind of feeling doesn't just happen it's like, well, maybe it's just not happening with Kevin. Well, yeah, well, that's what would happen, though. And you need to give it a shot with someone else. She just tie herself down to people. So, like, she wasn't available. So how is she ever supposed to meet other people? 
Yeah, and it's like, well, this is easy enough and, like, fairly convenient because he's my boss. It's like, no. Right. And I, yeah. But I do like that Anne, like, with her boyfriend sort of, like, sets boundaries of, like, I would like to continue to work, please. Like, you know. Yeah. Until there's a reason for me not to be working, I would like to work. And, like, even though I could afford to Yeah, and work, it has nothing to do with money. No. Yeah, it's 100%, like, I enjoy working. <laughs> Anne enjoys something to do. Yeah. She wants to feel useful. Yeah. I don't know. It just... I did take a couple of notes about this, but I don't even remember any of them. Oh, (laughs) I hate when Anne starts sending Leon's books, like, as gifts to everybody she knows. Yeah. (laughs) Girl, what are you doing? not even together? Also, can you imagine being one of Anne's friends and just being, like, it would be the saddest gift to receive. It's like, here's one of Leon's books. It's like, girlfriend, you guys are not even together. Like, why are you giving me this? As your friend, I will not read it. Like, <laughs> This is my ex-boyfriend who moved to London for literally no reason. If I were dating a novelist and he dumped me the way that Leon did, I would hope that you would be out there actively despairing. I would be him. writing Amazon <laughs> reviews up the wazoo. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's good reads. Like, this guy's shit. I hope you. You can't I write. Hope you never, you ever can't date treat a people novelist. well. Oh my God. What a nightmare. No, it sounds terrible. You're going to be a novelist yourself. You don't need to date one. I hope so. <laughs> Male not male novelists though, like I just think it's just like a breed and it's the kind you don't want to date. No. It's, it's a thumbs a down. Self centered. It's a swipe it's a to swipe, the left. Major swipe to the <laughs> left. I mean there are probably like a few. I'm trying to think of maybe one I might be interested in. Like I think male novelists are just like generally like pretty um pretty into their own thoughts, obviously. Yeah. And, like, they talk, or, like, they present them in a way, like, aren't you so glad that I'm saying this to you right now? <laughs> Let me impart all of my wisdom no. on you, because I know better. And you have not lived like yeah. me. Yeah. You don't know my pain. It's like, huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm try- That's how I sometimes feel about um, the Pod Save America guys. Oh, one like, of those. Whenever I listen to one their One of those pod- guys went to um, Holy Cross. He was my he was my oh, commencement really? speaker, yeah, John Favreau. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. He he in particular, yeah, I, I I didn't like, like him when he did my commencement speech either. I was like, you are very smug. His speech was like, yeah. There's like an arrogance yeah. about them that I'm just like, I can't get on board with you. Like I feel like they're feminist on paper, but then they're the guys that are like we're feminists, and then they look around and like don't understand why there are no women around them, and they don't ask like why. The They're Obama bros. Well, yeah, yeah. So he, like, so he, he was one of Obama's speechwriters. And, like, so mm-hmm. I graduated in 2014. So this was kind of, I think, before Pod Save America was a thing. But he was basically, like, yeah, you know, like, I just got really lucky. Like, it was, like, the least inspiring speech because it was, like, I mean, reading between the lines, it's, like, I'm a, I'm a privileged white guy and I got these opportunities. <laughs> and so I'm really lucky. So it's not sort of, like, 
you know, put your nose to the grindstone. Like, anybody can do this. Mm. It's like, no, like, you got the opportunity because of who you are. And, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, um, in my commencement address, it was Chris Matthews. Hey, and he, he was like, show up! He went to Holy Cross. <laughs> He's like, listen, I never would have met my wife if I didn't go to that party I didn't want to go to. I was like, Okay. <laughs> You gotta show up, ladies and gentlemen. We were like, okay. I mean, at least be- a better message. It was, yeah. I mean, frankly, like, it was a better speech than I had expected from him. And also, it was very windy that day, and his little hat fell off, and it was super funny. And he had to, like, kind of chase after it. So, I enjoyed that part. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was he was better than, even my dad was like, you know, I was really dreading his speech, but it was, like, it was pretty good. <laughs> So. It was definitely better than our uh, graduate school commencement speaker. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that was like spoken word poetry that I did not sign up to yeah, see. No, 100%. Um, I'm trying to think of a male mo- novelist that I would date. Like, definitely not George R. R. Martin. Maybe Kevin Kwan. No, you know who I would date is Andre Asimov. Yes, yeah. Who wrote yeah. Call Me By Your Name. He's so, he's like, he's a middle-aged man, but I would have, I think he, you would have a beautiful relationship with well, him. Well, because he clearly just like, he's like, what wrote one of the most beautiful books literally of all time. And he's like, I don't care that people, you know, pirate, pirate this. it. Like, it's just, it's a book, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, you don't even know. He had, he had the most refreshing worldview, just of, like, and people asking him, like, hey, did you get upset that they, like, changed your book at the end? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, at first I didn't understand, but then, you know, I saw it, and I was, like, kind of mad, because it's maybe a better ending than I wrote, and, like, Timothy is so talented, and, like, you know, just, like, why do you work yourself up about that? So no. Yeah, no, for sure. He he's he's dateable. He's a delight. I mean um I mean Dave Oh, you know, we've read so few male authors. I feel like we could do like a fuck Mary kill. <laughs> okay. So we've got ha- Oscar James, Wilde. Uh Kevin Kwan. Kwan, yeah. Andre Asimov. That's it. I think. Henry James, Oscar Wilde. Andre Asimov and Kevin Kwan, I think, are the only male writers we've read. Is that true? I mean, it's probably true. I'm looking at all of my books right now. Like, they're, like, right okay. in front of me, and I'm not I mean, that, that, that could be true. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Well, okay, so... Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> They're all old or dead. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, like I probably would marry Oscar Wilde because I just feel like it would be a fun time. Like Yeah. I mean I, like I guess it's between like Oscar Wilde and Andre Asimov. Yeah, it's like my dilemma is that like I feel like he's the one I would really want to be married Which to. One? 
Well, and, like, my understanding, Andre Asimov, and my understanding of, like, fuck, Mary kill has always been, like, hey, you're married to them? Like, you get to fuck them as many times as I you mean, want. I think that that's a loophole. So, <laughs> like, my understanding of it has been. It doesn't mean, like, you live, like, a sexless existence, no, that no, is what no, I'm saying. No. But I think, like, fuck, Mary kill, like. It's companionship, I would, Yeah, I would too. say, like. It's sex with companionship. But, like, I would, like, highlight more of the, compa- okay, let's add, like, okay, let's add a fourth category since we have four authors. Um, so they're Fuck, Mary Kill, and Best Friend. Oh, oh that's harder. So, Andre Asimov's in, no, except for Kill. He's in every category. So I would, I would marry Andre Asimov. I would be best friends okay. with Oscar Wilde. Because, like, fun. Yes. Just fun. Yes. True. And also, like, I don't know that he's that interested in us. <laughs> he's definitely not interested at all in us. <laughs> I don't, is Andre Asimov straight? He's married okay. to a all woman. Right. So maybe. But, and I say, I, I make that specification because he said that he believes that everyone is sexually okay. fluid and that he doesn't believe in those kind of demarcations. And, like, what, and to the point where he was like, I mean, why even, like, worry about, <laughs> like, your sexual identity? Just, like, have sex with who you want to have sex with and, like, be attracted to whoever you want and, like, live your Thank life. You so much, Andre. I was like, um. I was like, you're, like, literally a prince. <laughs> um, Okay. So then it's between fucking us. So we got <laughs> Kevin Kwan and Henry James. Yikes. Um, I just think I would probably have to kill Kevin Kwan just because I know him less. Like, just yeah. because, like, I've spent a lot more time with Henry James. But, like, I really have no interest mm-hmm. in sleeping with Henry James. And nor do I really think Henry James has much interest in I feel like sleeping. It'd be really me. prolonged if his oh, writing is any like <laughs> indication. Yikes! It would be confusing and rambly, and like not much <laughs> interest on like the form. Yeah, I don't. Eh. Wouldn't be very focused in terms of plot. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yikes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe I should go back, but... I'm, like, not willing... Yeah, so that's my dilemma, is that, like, I'm not willing to change from Andre Asimov is a, is a definite yeah. Mary. Because I just think, like, what a happy And I just life. also think that Oscar Wilde would be the most fun best friend. Like, I think that... Oh, James... obviously. So it's like you take one for the team with your fun. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> what it is. Because it's just... It's a one-time I thing. Think... You know... Yeah, I think I might go with Kevin Kwan because it's like he has this like interesting history of like interior design and like I don't know maybe he's like pretty I mean particular. at least under one night stand you would like get to see his home, so like that yeah. may be worth it. Whereas yeah. Henry James probably has like, nothing. Would drink fancy Henry wine. James just has dusty <laughs> combs and like he's like judgmental of you. Although as you know a woman. what though, Henry James definitely like would have like a pretty nice drink for me probably at his home. I think Kevin, Kevin Kwan would, would have, like, a really, like, decadent, bougie drink. Like, Henry James would have, like, an mm-hmm. old, like, 200-year bottle of whiskey. Whereas, but I feel like Kevin, or, um, Henry James would be, like, observing you and, like, trying to, like, narrate yeah. you as, like, a ingenue, of, like, a la Ew. Daisy Miller. Whereas, like, Kevin Kwan would be like, let's get down to business. I mean... Is Kevin Kwan straight? Like, I don't know about that either. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, um, 
We just have read very female authors. We have very limited choice. But I feel good about the marriage to Andre Asimov. Yeah, I mean, that's we're, like, the luckiest girls in the world, for sure. We would be, like, we would be women of no country because we'd just be living, like, free spirit. Like, maybe sometimes we would, like, go and, like, spend time in Italy and, like, other times. And he would, like, talk to us about Swan's Way in, like, a non-douchey way. It would be We'd eat peaches lovely. all the time. <laughs> I guess apparently um, a lot of people have been giving, um, like, um, Army Hammer's doing a play right now in New York, and a lot of people have been giving him peaches. That's disgusting. You guys are disgusting. And he's like, oh. <laughs> what a scene. Yeah. Andre Asimov thanked us all for not asking about it in the q and I... He's like, you guys were all a very polite audience. Thank you for not asking me about the peaches. What, what do you even ask? I don't know. Like, How'd you come up with that? <laughs> what was up? What's up with that? I mean, some people wearing pins that had peaches on them, but which I enjoyed That's that. Fun. But <laughs> I want a little peach pin. Yeah, yeah very adorable. Um, what'd you give this on Goodreads? I think I a three. Gave it a three too. But, like, this, unlike my usual, I think this, to me, is, like, a solid yeah. three. It's not a 3.5. Yeah, no, it's a three. No. Yeah, I'm like, I agree with you. It's a three. Yeah. Where it was, like, not like I was ever annoyed to be reading. I think I definitely enjoyed the first half a lot more. Um, but I was just kind of like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I felt actually very similarly about the other Jacqueline Susan book that I read. The Love Machine. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a really similar storyline. Like, it also tells the story of, like, three rich, like, women in Hollywood mm-hmm. and, like, their trajectories. And they, and one of them also is, like, a sleeping pill addict. So. Hmm. That must have been the jam. I mean... Like, I have been taking melatonin lately, so now I feel like every time I take it, I'm like, God, you, my little my doll, little take me to bed. But my probiotic, um, I'm like, oh, you little diet pill. <laughs> I like um, that on the back of my copy, it says, it's a quote from Jacqueline Susan that was like, the 60s will be remembered for Andy Warhol something I and know. me. <laughs> I appreciate that confidence, Jacqueline. Like, Jacqueline, go you. I think would have been a fun gal. Yeah. I feel like she would have been, like, one of those people that, like, I don't know that she has a lot of, like, empathy for, um, or, like, sympathy for Neely, Anne, and Jennifer. Like, I feel like she would have been like, well, these whores taking pills. I mean, that's what they were doing. They're product of society. What are you going to do? Lie. <laughs> Jacqueline, Jacqueline Susan no. just like strikes me as somebody who would have like been BFFs with Truman Capote. Yeah, like they're just like talking shit about everyone, saying things that are not yeah. appropriate, <laughs> but also just like talk shit about all their friends. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's our next book? You picked it. I have not purchased it yet. Oh, is it written by a man? Oh. Okay. Nope. Well, sorry. Our next book is. To All the Boys I've Loved okay. Before. 
It is a YA choice. A lot of you will recognize this as the Netflix rom-com that is currently sweeping the nation that I have, I'm not kidding you, seen at least four times. It's on Netflix? Have you read the book yet? Yeah. I've started it. Like, I'm like, I don't even know how many pages in, but I've started it. Um, Which, like, it's different, so I think it'll be interesting to talk about, but like... I'm excited about, so the movie is, I'm like, there's a I movie have, or a I show? have a sickness. It's a, sh- it's a movie okay. on Netflix. It's a rom-com and I like, I'm obsessed with it. It's, it's the high school rom-com that we've all been waiting for and we've all, we okay. all deserve. Um, and it's just like, it's very sweet and I think it's so important that girls, especially in high school, get good examples of what nice good guys look like. There are so few because of I think them. we get so yeah, and I think we get so many examples of. I mean, even thinking about like Gilmore Girls, like Dean is positioned to us as a good boyfriend in the early seasons, and I think he's kind of abusive. And like I was obsessed with Edward Cullen when I was fifteen, and he was certainly abusive. And so I think. Teenage girls, because we're dramatic, or I'm not teen, a teenage girl anymore, but I was a dramatic teenage girl. And I am girl. a dramatic, you know, 26-year-old. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> we tend to confuse love and passion with yeah. obsession. And so I think the movie and, like, the book so far is a little bit different. And, like, there's, I'm interested to talk about it because since it's a first-person narration, there's definitely, like, a, an Elizabeth Mr. Darcy mm. thing going on in the sense that, like, in the movie, it's almost immediately clear that Peter Kavinsky is a perfect angel sent from heaven and just, like... Literally, there were moments where I leaned forward with my mouth open just, like, because I couldn't believe what a delight he was. And, like, how sweet and, like, good he was. And in this, like, it's not as immediately clear. Because it's mostly through her her perspective. Um, But I think it's just nice to see. Like, it's not that he's not flawed. And it's not that he is boring or lame. It's just that he is a genuinely, like, good guy. Um, And it's, it's very sweet. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for listening to me ramble about it. Because I'm... Sorry. Oh God. That's, um... It just, it just really, like, push it, like, it presses all the buttons that... I, like, when we left Crazy Rich Asians, and then this, we watched this, like, a little while later, it was like, yeah, I mean, I feel like they're really making my movies again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, should we watch Valley of the Dolls, too? Ooh, I don't know. I heard the movie's probably awful. probably is awful, but I mean, I also am <laughs> just, like, kind of interested to see Sharon Tate in action, but I also, I don't know. I also yeah. think I would have to purchase it on iTunes, and I'm not sure if I'm willing to spend money on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how <laughs> um, I feel. Um, but I'm also excited. We haven't done a YA book in a while. Like, the last one we did was A Wrinkle in Time, so I feel I like this will be... A good one. Especially after Valley of the Dolls, I think it'll be nice to talk about, like, a sweet teen romance. Yeah, like, renew hope and, you know, institutions of love. Yeah, because this, this was a bummer of a book. 
And also, I think I think we tend to get more, not that this is like how we always choose our books, but I think when people have a framework of what the book, even if they haven't read the book, but they have a framework of the book, yeah. they tend to listen more. Like if they like have an idea of what the story um, is. Yeah. 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 I think um, you're right. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, just to give you a little anecdote about the actor that plays Peter Kavinsky. Is Peter Kavinsky the actor's um, name or the... No, he's the character. The actor's name is Noah something. But, like, the actress that's the lead in the movie was like, yeah, I mean, like, it's just, like, it makes me happy to hear, like, that everyone, like, loves him and stuff because he's a really good guy in real life, too. Like, when we were filming, I got really bad news and I was really upset and I knew Noah was at dinner and so I texted him and was like, hey, can you just come over to my room when you're done with dinner? Because I got, like, really bad news and I'm upset and I don't want to be alone. Okay, I, she well, didn't share that. Um, in my head, someone well. died. And he was like, I'm getting the bill right now. And, like, got the bill and, like, FaceTimed her as he was sprinting back to her apartment and, like, like ran into her room and, like, picked her up and, like, you know, like, just held her close and cleaned her apartment oh which I was like what what an angel like she's like yeah he really deserves like all this like good attention that he's getting and you like, definitely oh had me and cleaned her apartment yeah like what a simple yeah. sweet thing well I can't wait to hear about your first day of school I'm excited I'm nervous but I'm excited it's gonna be great it hasn't fully hit me that that's, like, what's happening tomorrow. Do you know what you're going to wear? Um, I'm supposed to wear blue, but I don't know exactly what I'm going to wear. Is it, is it, like, that spirit color or something? Yeah, it's, like, every, um, every grade oh, has yeah, a yeah. color. Class color. And it's the senior color. Yeah, the class color for the seniors is blue. And I guess it's, like, a whole thing to wear blue on the first day. All right. Well... So, not next week, but the week after? Yeah, I think that sounds good, especially as we settle into, like, you settle into law school, and I'm settling into my teaching job. We've got a lot okay. to do. So, right. yeah, let's maybe shoot to do, like, yeah, every I think other week. reasonable and doable. Yeah, and I doubt that any of our listeners are going to be like, what? We heard you, <laughs> Basically, boss. Basically, been doing that yeah, all no, summer, too. Yeah, we're the worst. Well, or mm. we're the best. We're also busy. We're, yeah. You know what? We have responsibility. We've got stuff going on. All right. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back. In a few. In, you know. In, you know, in yeah, a fortnight. You know, whatever. Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, all right. Bye. Bye.